Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast. This is podcast number 87. Yes, 87. Last week I said 87. It was actually 86. This week is 87. Uh, joined here with Jason. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about, actually. A lot of news around the NHL. Uh, some game recaps. So we're going to go through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, there's a, there's a ton of stuff to happen in the past two weeks, really. And since you weren't in the last podcast, you have some mm-hmm. news you want to talk about from the previous week yep. that you didn't get to chime in on in the last nope. podcast. So uh, we're just going to start off with the game recaps like we usually do um, and then talk about some news. So uh, the first game yesterday was the Islanders and Florida game. Islanders won 2-1, to one, uh, really a battle of the goaltenders. It was an awesome game. Grice and Bobrovsky were both outstanding. Uh, the first goal by Barzell was beautiful. But I don't know if it would have been a goal because of the way that he scored it. If he was a left-handed shooter, I don't think it would have went in because he just he waited, he waited, and then he had that space to pull it uh, from right to left. Mm-hmm. And uh, if he had have been a left-handed shooter, I don't think he would have had that space. So it's interesting that that, that, that goal happened probably because he was a right-handed shooter. Uh, Florida had some bad luck on the um, the Islanders' second goal, but otherwise it was a really good game. These two teams played each other in the, in the playoffs a couple of years ago. It was a great series. Uh, it kind of felt like a uh, continuation game from that series. So good to see a little bit of a rivalry between these two teams that you wouldn't necessarily think that would be rivalry against. Uh, the second game of the day was the Buffalo-Tampa Bay game, which happened internationally. Tampa Bay won 5-3. to three. Uh, Honestly, a lot of the players looked tired. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch a lot of this game. I watched the first game that happened between the two. Um, but this game, a lot of the players are pretty tired. And I mean, it's a... <laughs> You're traveling a lot, and you have two games to play in two days. You have the media events, the mm-hmm. press events, because you're you know you're going around, you're meeting fans over there and stuff. You're in a new country. You're not just going to want to sit in a hotel even yeah. on your downtime. You're going to want to do some sightseeing and stuff. So you know they were on the go. Um, but regardless, I mean five three. That's a pretty high scoring game yep. for the fans there. That's yep. I mean, that's awesome seeing a high-scoring game. I've been to NHL games where it's been a pretty low-scoring event. Good game, but, I mean, yeah. you want to cheer, right? So yeah. that's awesome. Uh, the next game after that was the Philadelphia-Toronto game. Uh, Philadelphia won 3-2 to two in a shootout. Now, interesting statistic. Now, we talked about this in the, in the two podcasts ago, but the trend continues because Toronto, for the 13th time this season, has led in the first goal of the game 13 times in 18 games, mm-hmm. which is a bad trend. Uh, but uh, there was a series where Anderson made some incredible saves in this game. However, the Flyers won in a shootout. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, if you look at the Toronto Maple Leafs, if you define them, it's probably defined by offense. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't necessarily pick the Flyers, no offense to the Flyers, to win in the shootout. I would pick Toronto to win in the shootout between these two teams just because Toronto stacked. And I know Marner got hurt and he, he left the game. Um, but still, I would still put my coins in the in the pockets of the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, with the win. But they lost, mm. and Philadelphia scored in that shootout with a very. I absolutely <laughs> loved, and I told him before we started recording, Claude Giroux going in on the shootout and literally just winding up and slapping it in, like it was awesome. You don't see. You that. just don't see that. It's like a chess match, like all the time, like. You know, player versus goalie. He just goes in and he hits the circles and just winds up and bam, it goes in. I was like, yeah. awesome. I love it. You might see that in like a practice or like the all-star game just to be funny yeah. or something like that. But No, yeah. just straight to the point. Good on him. Yep. Uh, the game after that was a Montreal-LA game. Montreal scored all three goals in the first period, two by Weber. A real weird one in that first, the first one. 
it kind of he he shot it and then it went up in the air and it came back down in his hand-eye coordination. He hit it again. It went in. It was awesome. Quick looked in the look looked like in the first period like he has all season. Uh, questionable. The defense were uh, letting him down. Puck watching. However, after the first period, Jonathan Quick was actually pretty fantastic. Um, let's see. This important win for Montreal. I mean, they leapfrogged. Uh, Florida mm-hmm. and Buffalo yep. to get in third in the division. And now they're only one point behind Toronto with one game in hand and three points behind Boston. However, Boston has two, yep. two games in hand on Toronto and one game in hand on Montreal. So it's not as as good as it looks, but um, that was a very important win for Montreal. Uh, the game after that was the Ottawa-Carolina game, and Ottawa set a franchise record in this game. Do you know that? Yep. Two goals in four seconds. Two goals in four seconds. Pretty yeah. quick. I have a complaint. I'm gonna I'm gonna resonate the spirit of your dad here. When the second goal went in, he was halfway down the ice before they switched from the replay of the previous goal to the actual live gameplay. You didn't see the faceoff win. Classic. You didn't see the pass. You didn't see how the guy got out. You just seen him basically going around that defenseman. I don't like that. If, if there's going to be a yeah. goal in two seconds, I want to see the whole two seconds. And I had to wait for the replay to see it, but they got to get their timing better exactly. on live and replay. I don't understand. Like it, <laughs> I don't understand. Like it's it's not like it's like this isn't this isn't this isn't and this isn't news. Like people have been saying this for a long time now. Like I don't understand. Like it, it doesn't matter if you want to show a highlight. And most of the highlights we see are the same highlight five times from mm-hmm. different angles, which is fine. But maybe cut out that fifth highlight and only show us four so we can see the face-off. Yeah. Because sometimes things happen off the face-off, and it's not just goals, it's fights. If you got ten camera angles on that play, we don't need to see nine of them. Yeah. Give us three. Give us four. Give us, you know, as soon as that play is being ready to be dropped, I want to see I want to see the players coming in. I want to see it dropped. Exactly, because if, if they are going to tee up and fight, maybe you want to see the conversation or, the, you know, yeah. slapping each other on the shins beforehand. You want to see that stuff. Yeah. You want to see who's lining up against who, who's taking the face off after letting in a big goal, who's going to, you know, like, frustrating. But anyway. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, no, you're right. It's, it is it is very frustrating. I got another statistic for you. Um Ottawa has faced a backup goalie 12 times this season. <laughs> What's that say? Mm. It says... That's disrespect. It's, it's disrespect. It says that every, not every team, but most of the teams that are playing the Ottawa Senators look at the Ottawa Senators and think, these guys are freaking scrubs. I'm going to put on our backup because we don't need to play our best guy. That's a yeah. That's a pretty big message yeah. to the Ottawa team. But. That's a... Yeah. Um, but anyways, big game for Ottawa. They won 4-1. Uh, Reimer wasn't great in that first period. He did make some pretty good saves. Um, Carolina only only scored one goal, but it's not like they didn't have their chances. They had 38 shots on that. Yep. Uh, Nilsson was just incredible. So good on Ottawa for that win. The game after that was the Pittsburgh-Chicago game. Uh, Chicago's first goal was a very nice tic-tac-toe. And to be honest, I didn't watch much of this game. I just watched the highlights. So that's all I have to say. <laughs> uh, but uh, Pittsburgh did win in the shootout 3-2. Uh, Washington and Vegas a rematch from the Stanley Cup Finals two seasons ago. Washington won five to two. A lot of standing still and puck watching for Vegas in that first ten minutes of the game. Washington went up two nothing, I think, uh, if I remember correctly. Uh, but you know, Washington will do that to you. They're so good at cycling the puck. Backstrom and Ovechkin, uh, and even Oshie has been there for three or four years now. They, they've all been playing together for so long. They're just a great puck cycling team, and it can it's easy to get distracted against them. 
Uh, the Minnesota-Arizona game, to be honest, I didn't watch any of I just watched the highlights. Uh, but Minnesota won 4-3. The From what I could see from the highlights, the player coverage in this game was, on both sides, absolutely terrible. There were so many shots of players just being left wide open and then scoring goals from it. Like On both sides, not just Minnesota, not just Arizona, both teams mm. were struggling a little bit in this one. Um, and that was an important one for, for Minnesota because Arizona's been playing pretty decently lately. The Colorado-Columbus game was next. Colorado won 4-2. I don't know if you saw in the highlights, but Makar, on on the Avs' third goal, the speed that Makar got in two or three strides was McDavid-like. He pulled away. I can't even remember who the player was, but he pulled away from the player. He was so quick in two or three strides, he gained... He probably gained a stick length wow. in two or three strides from the from the player back checking against him. It was really impressive. It reminded me a lot of McDavid. Uh, Corpusalo got super pissed in this game on two of the goals, tried to break his stick twice, especially on the last goal. Um, I felt bad for him because the last one was just a kind of deflection. It wasn't his fault at all, but it's always fun when a goalie tries to break his stick. Uh, the game after that, the second last game of the night, was the St. Louis Blues versus the Calgary Flames. St. Louis won 3-2 in overtime. Here's a stat for you. David Perron becomes the third player in Blues history to score three old, three OT goals in one season. Wow. We're only like 17, 18 games in the season, and he's already tied the record. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other two who held this, hold this record is uh, Doug Waite and Vladimir Tarasenko. So I have a feeling that David Perron might actually take yeah. over this record because yeah. <laughs> there's 60-some games left. Uh, the four on three overtime winner by the Blues was impressive. They just, you know, they just took their time. They didn't, they weren't ringing shots left and right and center. They were cycling the puck. They just stayed calm, waited for the right shot. They took the right shot and they scored on that mm-hmm. shot. So good on the Blues for having some patience there. Uh, the San Jose and, and Nashville game was the last one. This was a surprising one for me. San Jose won two to one in the shootouts. Um, both goalies were pretty good, to be honest. Uh, Saros was probably the better of the two, but Jones made some some awesome saves as well. I don't, I don't know if you saw the highlights, but Forsberg scored the first goal for the Nashville Predators, and in San Jose, the, the fans do some like a chant, like a yeah, like the shark, or whatever. Yeah. He, I think he did that really? on the ice and towards the fans <laughs> looking up, which I kind of like and kind of hate. It's you do it, you mock the fans. You get under the skin of the players and the fans. Mm-hmm. That's cool. There's the gamesmanship. That's fine. But there's karma. Yep. Because guess who won that game? Yep. The San Jose Sharks. And guess who was favored in that game? The Nashville Predators. So uh, maybe some karma coming back to bite on first, Forsberg there. But the shootout went to seven rounds. I mean, the goalies were awesome. So that basically wraps up the um, the game recaps. Um Probably move on, move on to some news. What are, what's some of the highlights from this this week? Okay, so I just got a little recap here of some of the things that happened this past week. Um, they announced the Global Series for next year, the 2020. Nice. Uh, there's going to be a couple of preseason games and a couple of regular season games. So uh, they're going to Germany and Switzerland for the preseason. So uh, Boston Bruins will play Adler Meinheim in uh, SAP Arena in Germany. So that'll be interesting. Uh, Nashville Predators will play SC Bern in uh, Bern, Switzerland. So that's got to be huge for the fans and, yep. the, and the players, obviously, of, of these teams to play against an NHL team. It obviously, doesn't really mean anything. No. But I mean, some of those players on these teams probably idolize a lot of the players. On and it's kind of like um, it's kind of like a measuring stick game in a way because you know those teams are going to be giving everything oh, they 100%, have. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. It, it's it's really cool and it's important for. 
hockey in that area of the world as well. So um, Boston plays Nashville. Mm-hmm. So for the regular season games, uh, Boston and Nashville are going to open their season mm. uh, in the O2 Arena in Prague. Which is a pretty cool way to open your season. Mm-hmm. It's it's nice because you don't get the initial travel. Like You're starting your season there, right? So you're not playing some games and then traveling. Exactly. So you're not losing that up front. You're just, it's coming back is when you're losing, if you're losing. So. Yeah. And then Colorado is playing Columbus. They're going to play two regular season games in uh, Helsinki. So that's, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. So this is we're seeing a lot of regular season games now in Sweden and Finland and stuff. And uh, I think that's important for important for the game. Now, I think I mentioned this earlier. The f- or maybe I didn't, but the first game between Tampa and Buffalo um, wasn't a lot of bums in seats. Nope. There's a lot of empty seats. Mm-hmm. But the second game was packed. Yeah. Like the game last night was packed. So that was really great to see. But still. Is this something that the NHL should worry about? We're bringing the hockey over there. It's important. But if we aren't filling the arenas, is it worth it? Well, when Bettman gave that press release, he seems to think Still full speed it. ahead. Yeah, full nice. speed ahead. So, um, yeah, as I mentioned this to you before we started, that was actually the 28th regular season game played in Europe so far for the NHL, which was actually higher than I thought. That's incredible. 20 I me- games? I remember when we when we were doing this podcast like two years ago when we first started, we were actually talking about regular season games and whether we liked them or not, yeah. and now it's turned into this thing where clearly they're going to maintain it. So uh, Exactly, because I think at that point, it was this was this that was before any of the global series games had begun. I mm-hmm. think it was the first year coming up for them. Um, but you made a good point about starting the season as your first game because Tampa right now that's right they they spent seven days over there but before they traveled over there guess what they were on mm-hmm. a five day road trip yeah in new york um playing both new york teams and then new jersey they played three games in five days and then they got on a plane and went <laughs> internationally yeah. for seven days like that's and then they won both games over there so yeah. that's the reason why i'm wearing this <laughs> The Tampa Bay <laughs> Merch here is just a shout out to them. So, And they really needed that because they're struggling this year. So yeah. uh, good on them. Um, they also talked about fu- a little bit about a future international game. So they plan to go back to Sweden in two years, like after this. Um, they said probably in Stockholm or there's a couple of other cities that have expressed interest. Um, they're also discussing internally playing in Eastern European countries, including Russia. So he said if there are going to play games in Russia... He doesn't want NHL versus KHL for obvious reasons. He wants two NHL teams. So whether or not that happens, I don't know. But internally, it is being discussed, and that did come out of Bettman's nose. So that's interesting. If a KHL team beat an NHL team, that would be huge bragging rights for Russia. Obviously, Russia is a huge hockey market. Yes. I would think if you took the NHL to Russia, sell out easily. But yeah, you can't go in there with a team and then get your doors knocked off by a KHL team. That would make the league look really bad because you've got basically the number one and number two leagues yep. going against each other. So that's a slippery slope. They need to. It's tough. And what two teams would play in Russia? Because you've got Washington with a Vetchkin uh, and Kuznetsov, who I think is Russian. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Pittsburgh with there's, Malkin. There's all kinds you've got of potential Bay there with uh, Kucherov and Vasilevsky. I, I just don't know. I like I I don't follow the KHL at all, so I don't know if there's like a stacked team over there right now. So I don't know if it would be like kind of a stacked team against like an an okay team. Like there's no real NHL team that I would say is like super stacked. Like there's teams that have more better players than others, but there's no like real big super team right now. I don't know in the KHL. Yeah, I there think is there is. I think it's, it's like CSK Moscow or something like okay. that. Or I don't know so, what it is. But anyway, so if, if if we do see a game in Russia, it's likely not going to be against the KHL. 
Um, and for the last part about the international games, at least for me, um, he talked about an out- outdoor game in Europe. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'm actually going to read the quote Bettman said because it's, it's actually quite interesting. Um, he said, when they asked about an, an, an outdoor game, he said, not one hand went up. Because the view was, if we're going to bring the NHL experience here, let's bring the NHL experience here. So he's basically saying right there that the outdoor games are not the pristine yeah. NHL experience, which they're not. They're there for the fans. But if you're in Europe and you don't get those regular games, you got to give them those regular games. That's right. But I will say that Europe is probably the best place as far as arena or stadium availability with all the soccer arenas Absolutely. over there and stuff. But, I mean, weather is an issue yeah. as well. But if we can have an outdoor game... In California, I think we'll be fine in Europe. Yeah. He basically said that the outdoor games are less typical. They, they're more big tentpole events, and they do those in North America because that's where it makes the most sense, which for, you know, the games yeah. are already there. It's just like an experience. So, uh, so basically, there's not much interest in Europe for an outdoor game, and that actually does not surprise me. I was going to say I don't necessarily agree with Gary Bettman very often. Really? Oh, but I agree with doing this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, if I was in Europe, I would I would want to see an inside game yeah, the way it's meant to be played yeah. and have it mean something. So Absolutely. I agree. Totally agree. That covers the uh the uh yeah, the international international part, I guess. Um we we talked about women's hockey, the women's hockey league stuff a while ago. I don't right. even know when that was. I brought that up for some re- and the only reason I'm talking about this cuz there's not really much news about it, but Elliot Friedman brought it up on Hockey Night in Canada uh, last Saturday. And I was reading a bunch of different sites about this. That doesn't just get brought up for no reason. That's huge. Like When Elliot Friedman w- talks when about When there's nothing going on there publicly, and this gets brought up by probably the most watched oh, yes. segment of in-between period hockey, like on a Saturday night, there's something going on there. Yeah. So Elliot Friedman is reporting that the league is preparing internally to have its own women's league in the event that the National Women's Hockey League disappears. Mm. Um, the There's a players union um, for the women right now who are trying to get out of that and make that not happen because they all basically want uh, the women, uh, like the NHL, to run their own WHL. And yeah, they yeah. have they have the trademark for that already. Like, it's all copyrighted. Oh, really? They've already gone that far? It's it, It's been done for a while, apparently. Like, they've just oh, had wow. it. So... Um, Good on them. It's just it's just interesting that that's there's rumblings of that being made publicly because mm. he wouldn't bring that up when there's all this stuff to talk about. He just all of a sudden goes to women's hockey. Yeah. So it's there are some teams I, I didn't write it down, but there are some teams that are distancing themselves from the current league and they're kind of backing players who are in the union because right now there's oh, okay. all those women's are like basically boycotting right now. Yep. So um, I think I think because Elliot Friedman's talking about it, there's going to be some some news coming about that within a year probably what, what cities do you think would be okay so they mentioned it um in the article i was reading they said at least there's gonna be probably six teams if they went with it with at least two in canada so two or more okay. elliot friedman thought two and then the other article i was reading where they had some person that was like the former something i don't i can't remember um he he said at least two so more than likely, it's hmm. probably going to be two or three in Canada, probably two, and then the rest in the States. I'd like to see Calgary, Toronto, Montreal, New York City, Boston. Um, I believe Boston's women's team in the current league right now is undefeated. I think they're 6-0. and I think they have wow. a pretty legit hockey team right and now. And maybe like Chicago? It's, or... it's hard because we just... We don't know the demographics and for the markets, right? Yeah. And I guess you have to take travel into consideration too. Maybe that's what make 
Calgary's pretty far west. Yeah. So if you keep the league generally on the east, yeah. it makes it easier. And like, it's not going to be a high revenue generating thing. But we, like, we don't need to get into this conversation because we had it before. But I think we all agree that a women's league is important because there's what didn't they say like fifty some percent of the fans are women? Like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's grown huge it's, in the past. 10 it's years. massive. So it's it's important that women and young women and girls have things to look to other than the Olympics every Absolutely. four years. So I mean, honestly. I would definitely watch some yeah. some women's league uh, sponsored by the NHL if it was like on TV and easily accessible. Yeah. You know I'm watching that for yeah. sure. It's just the only reason I like I said the only reason I brought that up is because Elliot Friedman mentioned it and when he usually says something there's yeah. something going on there. You so listen. Just interesting fact. Um, speaking of the Olympics, someone again asked Batman about the Olympics. Uh, once again, he said it's incredibly disruptive to the league. There's not much news. He, he's been talking with the IHF president. I think his name is Renee Fassell or something like that. It's, it's very close to that if not. Um, they've had a lot of discussions. I think the quote was many, many discussions, and he just keeps saying they're more of philosophical and procedural discussions. So hmm. um, basically he still has the – I wrote down bullets. He has the same issues that he's always had. Number one, the shutting down the league for two or three weeks that affects revenues from the owners. We've had this conversation before. I don't agree with that. I don't agree either. The games are still going to be played. Yeah. They just, they just play them later. Exactly. You're not losing games. Like I don't know what you're losing. It, it, like – Start the season a week earlier and then start the season or have the season go like a week later or something like that. Is that like I, there are so many options. That's a kind of a silly option, but there are so many options to get around. I would need that, that one explained to me on the other point of view saying why they lose money from that. Yeah. Like, like do they think if they take a two or three week break, people are going to lose interest and it's going to take them a couple games to get back into being a fan again? Like. Because the Olympics usually happen in January, late January, early yeah, February, I think. Yeah, I mean it's right in the middle of the season, which makes sense. But I don't know. How, yeah, I don't understand the revenue. Uh, he's also worried about star players uh, suffering injuries and that how that will affect their team season. That's a fair point. That's a fair point, but that's on the shoulders of the players. The players don't have to go play in the Olympics. It's a, it's their decision. That's right. But if you're the team owner, you don't want your player potentially I, like, hey, yeah. I've got ninety million dollars invested in you. I don't want you sitting in the press box while I'm paying you that money. Maybe the player should sign a clause where if they decide to play in the Olympics and they get injured, they don't get paid. Well, that that brings it kind of to the third point is there's insurance conflicts between the IOC and the NHL. Basically, um, we, oh, yeah. I don't know how many times we've talked about this. The IOC is the bad guy here. Like, they're the ones not giving anything. They want the players, but they don't want to give any for them. And, like, the, the last point is the NHL can't promote that they're going to the game. Yeah. They can't advertise it. They can't say, hey... They can't show clips from their players when they do awesome things. Yeah. So, you know, I I can't say I'm against Bettman for those for those points, other than maybe the the loss of money. Absolutely. And from what I understand, it's been like this for a long time. Yeah. They've just been dinks it's, for a long time. It's almost like they're playing a game of chess, but they're just not playing because yeah. IOC just doesn't care. That yeah, they don't care. They 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 know that they're in control. <laughs> yeah. And like they can do whatever they want, and yeah. it's frustrating. So. Again, it is China. China is, you know, NHL is investing a lot of time into China right now. They have a lot of sponsors in China. If you watch a Bruins game and you look at the boards, I think like three or four of the advertisements on the boards are Chinese now. So, which is pretty incredible, really. I, like, what do you think? Do you think they're going or? No, I don't. I thought when we had this conversation last time, when they said they weren't going, that next time they would. I, I but agree. as this gets closer and closer, I'm kind of of the opinion that he's just stubborn and. He's going to stick yeah, to it. I feel his like guns. we're moving further away. Yeah. Like, because there's talk about the World Cup coming yeah. back, maybe. 
is that going to replace the Olympics? See, I, I like the World Cup. I think it's good. I don't think it replaces. For me, it doesn't replace the Olympics. I agree. I, I agree completely, actually, because you get into finicky stuff like the North American team. Yeah. And then the, the Europe team, which has a bunch of different countries. I don't want to see a bunch of different countries play with each other on the same team. Everyone should represent their own country. That's the entire point. Yeah. So let's fix that and yep. go from there. So that's basically the update on the Olympics. Okay. This point here I threw in. Because there's a lot of fans, a lot of people like you, there's a lot of people like Kale out there. There's just tons of people who are into jerseys. Yeah, and I didn't of, know about this before you told me. A lot of YouTubers. Podcast. This just came through last night, I think, or yesterday. So the Dallas Stars have a Winter Classic jersey. It's like a big D. We're on it right with the stars going across. Yep. So they put in an order in January. Big D. Uh, put it in, Yeah, they put in an order in January. And it was with their manufacturer. Now, I don't know who the manufacturer is. I tried to find this out. I don't know if it's Adidas or not. The, everywhere I looked, it just said manufacturer. So it has got to be Adidas. Offic officially, I can't say it. It probably is, but on the record, mm. I guess we can't say it. They, they never referenced Adidas ever. But they said, it, they said like, you know, these jerseys have, like, felt on them and stuff, and they're kind of hard to make. But so in January of 2019, so basically a year ago, they mm -hmm. put in a very aggressive order was the quote. The manufacturer said, this order is aggressive, but they thought there was going to be a lot of jerseys needed. So they put in this massive order and they just found out that due to production issues, they're only getting a limited supply of that initial order. So the online sales of this jersey are already sold out. So if you don't have it, you can't get it, at least online. Now in the shop in the arena on November 15th, if you're lucky enough to get in there first, they're going to have some available, like a limited supply there for sale. That's crazy. After that, you're basically SOL. Um, they are trying to add additional um, inventory by December, but there's no guarantee that they're getting any, was the quote. So um, when they, they put a message out on Twitter yesterday saying, the classic nature of our, our winter classic jersey sweaters with felt lettering and unique threads makes producing these exclusive jerseys more difficult, and we may still find ourselves at a deficit of jerseys after this solution is confirmed. So they don't even know if they're going to be getting more in December. This could be it. That's so this this turns this into a kind of valuable jersey just because it's a limited supply it jersey. It does, and I'm glad I don't want it. It sucks for Dallas fans. It does suck for Dallas fans. Like it's not a ter it's not a terrible jersey, but it's not like even if it was the most hideous jersey ever, you still want to be able to get it. That's true, absolutely. And when Adidas signed on, it, I shouldn't say Adidas. When the manufacturer <laughs> we don't signed know, on, we, we just don't know, and took this uh, contract. Man, you got to be able to deliver. And you try buying a Boston Bruins white jersey online. Mm -hmm. You try buying a Florida Panthers white jersey. You literally can't. You can't get it anywhere. The only way you can get a white jersey for a lot of the teams is if you buy it in the arena, and that's ridiculous. You should be able to buy um, white or dark Adidas jerseys online, lots of places. And in fact, if you go to NHL.com and you go to the shop and you want to buy a dark Adidas jersey for certain teams, you can't. There's none on there. That's unbelievable. How do you go to the NHL.com store and try and buy an Adidas jersey the manufacturer that makes the jerseys for the players that were on the ice, and you can't. You have to go to a third-party dealer like Dick's, like Lids, like Pro Hockey Life. Mm -hmm. That's unacceptable. Yep. Fix it. So. Well, is there National Predators jerseys that, are they in the same boat? No, I, this is only Dallas. Only Dallas. So, like I said, I don't know. That I period. don't know if it's one. I would assume it's the same manufacturer and doing both teams. I don't know. I don't know if they... If they have their own, like I, I just don't know. But 
you would think in January when you put an order in, you would think by November. Yeah. That's kind of late news to be telling people, hey, by the way, we're not going to have enough jerseys and online sales are off. Exactly. And they weren't even sales. They were pre-sales. So if they're going to have these special jerseys for these games, and if you can't sell them to the fans because you don't make enough, then what's the sense in having the special jerseys? Just wear regular jerseys at this point. I don't know. So... I don't know. I don't know. Who, I don't know who I'm more mad at. Like, I guess I'm not mad at Dallas because you know they tried to put in it's the big Dallas, order. It's not Dallas's fault. But it's brutal that it, it's this close to. Think, you know what I mean? Like, think about the money. All the money on the table. They're I'm, just letting go. I'm sure Dallas is not happy about that. Like the manufacturer <laughs> needs to get their s together and start making some jerseys because yeah. they're missing out on probably literally millions of dollars. It's just. It's interesting that the quote is after this solution is confirmed, as in, we don't know whether we're getting more in December. <laughs> yeah. So basically, if you're in Dallas and you did not order this jersey and you would like this collectible, say you're going to the game, say you're just whatever, you just want that keepsake, you basically got to show up super early, probably pitch a tent in front of the net, yeah. and then get to the friggin' store <laughs> as soon as you can when they open the doors and get in line and try to be one of those people that are going to buy one. Because you know those things are going to go up on eBay for an oh. atrocious amount of money. Oh, yeah. So uh, Cordell or Fro, if you're down there and you want a jersey, you should get <laughs> yeah. you should get it in person and save it for the rest of your life. That's right. And uh, the last little note I have is just kind of like a little Atlantic plug. So um, Halifax, Nova Scotia here in Canada is looking to get a CFL team. Um, the uh, organizing is SSE, so which is, doesn't really matter, Schooner Sports Entertainment. They basically said if they um, get approval by the city to build their stadium, which I think is 110 million and 24,000 seating capacity, um, if they get the approval for that, the next step is to immediately put in for an NHL heritage game. You said 24,000 is the... 24,000, yeah. So that's bigger than any NHL arena. So obviously it's outdoors. It's an outdoor like football stadium, yeah. So when these when they ha- these heritage classics and stuff happen now, they're in stadiums that can hold... I don't know what this... Like if you, sometimes in the States, they have them in, in ball... Yeah, parks and there's like eighty thousand people. Twenty four thousand would be on the low end. I the would very say very low yeah. end. I think for yeah. an outdoor game, which but I mean it's Halifax. That's right, and I think there's enough outdoor games now that Dan. I I would think the NHL is probably okay with sending them like all over the place. I don't know. Twenty four thousand is low, but it's know. it's not very profitable for the NHL to bring a Heritage Classic game there. And does it really mean anything? Like, what two teams are you going to bring there, and for what reason? Like, there's not really anything in Halifax that relates to the NHL other than Sidney Crosby being from Cole Harbor, which is basically Halifax. Like I said, it would be a Sidney Crosby or McKinnon. Brad Marchand. They don't care about Brad Marchand, Nova Scotia. I agree. I don't think that matters. (laughs) I agree. I mean, Al McKinnis is from Cape Breton, which isn't But let's just say, so in December, they're going to get the notice of whether they get the go-ahead or not. Um, There was a motion put forward to kill the plan to build the arena and it failed so they oh. they at least got that far so i guess next month we're going to find out whether they get approved but if this gets approved and they do get that game are we going on a road trip raise your hand if you're going to the outdoor game in halifax heck yeah so we'll have a little meet up there but and basically that's all i had for the recaps for the week just some stuff that uh, you may not have read kind of stuff that's just outside of the regular games yeah that was awesome we i love the news i i struggle finding the news so i appreciate you putting that together and talking about it uh, I have just a couple more things to touch on. Uh, three topics, really. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Detroit Red Wings because they pulled off a trade this week, and um, 
well, it paid it paid for them pretty quick because, um, well, here's the trade. Detroit trades uh, Jacob Delarose for Robbie Fabry, and uh, Fabry scored two goals in his first game against the Boston Bruins, and they won that game, actually. I wish we had a soundboard here right now. Boom, boom, yeah, exactly. Just like, Debbie Downer. Oh, that soundboard's coming. Don't worry. <laughs> Um, both were assisted by uh, Tyler Bertuzzi. Now, do you know the rela- relationship between Fabry and Bertuzzi? I do not. So, Fabry got 171 points in 147 games in the OHL for the Gulf Storm. Do you know who played alongside him? I can assume, yeah. Tyler Bertuzzi. Yep. <laughs> and he, Tyler Bertuzzi had the primary assist on both of Fabry's goals against Boston. So, there's a history there. There is a history there. There's chemistry there. Um, that's maybe a part of the reason why the trade happened. Um, so, you know, good on, good on Fabry, good on Bertuzzi, uh, Fabry came in the league, looked really, really good, uh, suffered some concussions, struggled a little bit since then, obviously. So hopefully he finds his spot in Detroit and Detroit needs it as well. So do you think when they're scouting players like that, they actually talk to players that people may have history with, or do you think it's all just done through the scouting and like the front offices? Uh, no, I think there's definitely conversations had like maybe like, like if they're looking into him and say hey this guy's played you know quite well with this other player Should, let's go talk to him and see what he thinks or, like do you think there's those kind of conversations or or does that mean like hey if we're talking to you about potentially bringing a guy in that also means that someone's going out and they don't want to tip their hand at that i'd like to think that happens all the time for the high profile players like the captains oh on the team absolutely i'm pretty sure it does for the high profile for like players. A, for but for tyler bertuzzi like there's a bit, a bit of risk talking to the younger players mm-hmm. because who are they going to talk to how yeah. is that going to get out into the media like so there's a bit of a risky decision there. But I would assume that they had a conversation with Tyler Bertuzzi asking about the character and playing mm-hmm. styles of Fabry. Obviously, they already know because they're scouted himself. But still, yeah. I'd like to think so. It'd be nice to know that answer. I wish we could know that stuff. But uh, anyways, good on Detroit for that trade. Uh, I just want to talk a little bit about injuries. There's been some some wild and, and crazy injuries, uh, frequent injuries lately, like... Yesterday there was two. There was uh, the one in Boston. Well, the one in Ottawa. Okay, yeah, I want to talk about that right at the top. If you don't mind. Okay, so last, not this, not yesterday, but the past Saturday when you were in PEI, you were actually doing the podcast that day. So that game actually happened after the podcast. May have even, yeah, it was already filmed by the time the Mm. games were played. So uh, Boston was playing Ottawa, and there was an injury on the ice. Uh, The guy's name was Scott Sabrin. He was on the ice for I think eleven and a half minutes. We don't see that often. Like people um, get injured and stuff, but so that's scary. At, at when I was watching that, um, you didn't see the play on the ice when it happened, and it took forever for them to actually give an angle that showed what happened. And in a way, I was kind of hoping it wasn't because this guy was laying on the ice, his leg was kind of twitching out, there was blood everywhere. So you were just thinking like, this must be too gruesome to show on TV. That's why they're staying away from it. So maybe they just didn't have a good angle, and it took them a while to find one. Because it just looked like he was coming in to lay in a hit on Bacchus, and Bacchus didn't even do anything. He just braced himself. Yeah. The two heads collided, and I think he was unconscious as soon as that happened. And then he went face first right on the ice. And we've seen that with, was it George Peros or someone on Montreal? Same yes, thing. Yes, and a fight with uh, Colton Orr, I think. Yeah, I think it was Colton Orr. Yeah, and he just unconscious and then face first on the ice. Yeah, just. that was scary. So um, he's got a fractured nose now, and he's got a big cut like going across his eye. He doesn't look very good. He's still on the IR. They thought maybe he'd be back this weekend, but that's crazy. Man, that's aggressive. Yeah, like, they and, Wow. So I think he's still going to be a little while, but um, I thought when that play was going on that they were deliberately muting the arena volume. Oh, really? Because it was so quiet. The announcers were kind of like talking like this, like, yeah, this is really bad, like just kind of soft voiced. But then every now and then you heard like 
someone say something in the audience. So mm. you realize like, hey, this is and I've never seen players from both teams be so concerned immediately. All the players left the bench. And yeah, like, like and, and Bacchus was crying basically the I'd say half the time. Like he yeah. he got pulled for concussion protocol, but it almost looked like he was ready just to go take a timeout himself I when agree. he was sitting on the bench. And you even had the Ottawa players coming over and patting him on the shoulder. Because he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, he just, he he just, just braced for the hit and they hit heads. And and honestly, that could have been him on the ice. Like I, to say, it was just kind of a freak accident. I, he's had a lot of concussion history in the past, Bacchus has. So I think it kind of resonated with him a little deeper than maybe someone else. Like maybe a younger player might have just like, hey, I didn't mean to do anything. But, yeah. Um, he was obviously shook up about it. And it was pretty scary. Like I remember the last time Boston had a big injury like that. I think it was Pacioretty against Montreal where yeah, he, got, yeah. he got driven into the boards kind of where the announcers sit between the benches. The tangent thing. And that was before they had the glass rounded. That's why the glass is yeah, rounded. And he was down for a while and I thought he was actually dead. Like, I thought he was too. That he, was a real he was moment. His neck just went back. So uh, it just goes to show. And, and I'm going to bring up another thing because uh, I was actually watching the game with my dad, my brother-in-law, and he and my brother-in-law brought up the point that the players' um, neck straps or their helmet straps kind of just hang. They do. Like, literally, what is the point of wearing that when it just falls off? I know. <laughs> it is kind of silly. So, like, if, if you don't, like, I understand why you don't want the full facial mask because you, you got to be able to see the players' faces. Like, that's a huge point. Yeah, like, it's, it's already probably the hardest sport to see what's going on. So, you, when you have those angles that you can see the face, you got to get them when you can. But, exactly. But, I don't know. You sh- I think they need to tighten those up. I, I it, actually agree. It shouldn't be, like, you can see them, like, they'll they'll just, like, I can't obviously for the people that are listening can't see this, but if you just like squint your eyes, your helmet shouldn't like come up off your head and yeah. hit your strap. So because Leo Komarov has gotten in trouble many times because he he has a visor, but he doesn't like it and he like he wears his helmet way up like this, and the rest tell him to put his helmet down because he's not supposed to wear it like that. So I don't uh, know. So if he can raise it up this far and there's still room in the strap, I mean that that could, the helmet could easily come off. Yeah. So. So I, I I don't know if um if the, if the, if the strap was tight if that would have prevented his nose from hitting the ice like I don't mm. know if like maybe the heads collided and the helmet went up and then he just his full face basically just smashed like that's a brutal injury like yeah. it's, anyway I, I, before you get into your injury I just wanted to bring that up I know it was more than a week ago this is usually just recaps for the past week on the podcast but yeah, that was, happened after so I just wanted to bring that up because it was pretty scary when it was going on it's good to talk about though and unlike a lot of other leagues like say you're watching football if there's an injury in the play they go to commercial yeah and it's true this they didn't they didn't leave the play like I think Montreal was playing at the same time both games started at 7 Eastern and the Boston game was all of a sudden like 20 minutes behind because they stayed with that injury yeah, the yeah. entire time so I like that. I think that's respectful to the player. I it agree. shows concern, um, and I think the players handed it well. And uh, that's pretty much all I want to say. On yeah, that. no, it's, it's it's good to talk about because it's not good to talk about because obviously you don't want to talk about that stuff. But an injury like that does not happen very no. often. Like the last one you mentioned they're, was George Perros. They're from pretty freaks. Four yeah. years ago, yeah. so f- four or five years ago. Um, but I mean, there's other injuries too. Uh, Zadorov is week to week with a broken jaw. Man, if you can only be week to week with a broken jaw, I love this sport. Yeah. If this is basketball, you're gone six months. If I this mean, is really, soccer, you're retired. You're you're done. <laughs> like week to week with a broken jaw, heck yeah. Uh, Marner left the game last night with an ankle injury. Uh, Stall owed at least two weeks uh, for the Rangers with an ankle infection. I think. I have a complaint to make something. about the Marner injury as well. When I woke up this morning. I had a notification from the Sportsnet app, the TSN app, Google Now, and one other thing, all saying Marner injured. 
a little bit of bias. So uh, favoritism I think there. three were apps and one was just Google running in the background with thinking this may be relevant to me. Like, okay, yeah. chill I, out, Leafs. Like, I, I don't need four yeah. different people telling me your player got hurt. Exactly. Like, yeah, he's not playing today. He'll probably be back this week. Yeah, so not a big deal. Um, well, tying week to week with lower body injury. Sidney Crosby with lower body injury. There's just it's been a lot of injuries in the yeah. past nine days. Yeah. So uh, it happens, but just wanted to mention a few of them. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is a player that you've probably never heard of. Do you know the name Brad Hunt? I do not. Yeah, basically me either. However, he plays for the Minnesota Wild, and he has 10 points in 17 games. Not too bad. Pretty respectful numbers, especially for a guy that you've never heard of. Yep. He's making the league minimum of 700000 per year and has more points than these players on his team. Hit me. Spurgeon, who's making 5.1. Suter, who's making $7.5 million, uh, per year. And those are two are defensemen, so maybe you shouldn't have counted those in there, but whatever. Zuccarello, who's uh, being paid $6 million a year. And just to note, he's only played 13 games. But uh, Dumba, yeah, Dumba, Koivu, Parise, Fiala, Hartman. So... Shout out to Brad Hunt, who most people probably don't even know. I didn't really know his name that well. Don't really know a lot about the guy, but he's got 10 points in 17 games. He had 9 points in 16 games. He got one last night, uh, I think, if I remember the stats right. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you got a player being paid the league minimum of 700000 putting up 10 points in 17 games, even if you're not winning a lot of games, at least there's that flash in the pan you can be excited about from this player. Mm-hmm maybe this is all it'll last. Maybe he'll be great this season and then next season he'll be nothing. But I just wanted to mention it. Might give him a, it might give him a nice little boost in salary though. Like maybe Absolutely. Like put him up a couple million or whatever. Absolutely. So I just wanted to mention that. Uh, haven't really watched him play that much. Just was reading some st- uh, statistics, looking through the teams, uh, seeing who had what points and stuff. And I just noticed that that name kind of stood out for me. So uh, if you're a Minnesota Wild fan, you have seen your team play this year. Um, give me your thoughts in the comments about Brad Hunt. I'd like to like to hear more about this guy. So um, that really wraps it up for me. I don't really have much else to talk about. Do you? Um, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> no, I think we're okay. Do we want to talk about anything about the podcast, like what our plans are, or do you just want to? Um, I mean, yeah, we can talk a little bit about it. So uh, number one, we're going to build a desk. Yeah, that was brought up in the last podcast. So, so um, we want to. We're we're still looking at. I guess we could take feedback because we are going to try to build our own desk. Yeah. Um, we want to build a desk um, where we can have more than just two people here. So we want to be able to bring like a third in, maybe a fourth, have like a little round table as they call it. Um, it's probably just going to be the two for the most part. But every now and then it'd be nice to have a setup where you can easily add a third or maybe a four. Because our four setup in the past has never really been good. We've all been just yeah. sitting shoulder to shoulder. Uh, we've, we've been able to do three okay. So we're looking at either having like a kind of like a – a half circle yeah like a half half moon or, or a half if we did like kind of like a clover we need multiple cameras to be able to yeah that would be awesome but i don't know if that's i'm thinking the half circle with uh the straight side being the camera facing side with a little lip at the front yeah and i think we're going to try and get post to post cut out in the wood and then light it from the background mm-hmm. but the main reason we're putting that little lip in there is to actually like I don't know to hide all see. this stuff there's a huge mixer here there's you, cables yeah if you're just listening you obviously don't know but if you're on youtube yeah it's, it's pretty messy. It's kind of just honest. a table with wires going everywhere. And so we just want to clean that up a little bit for the people that do watch. Yeah. And right now we're using a green screen. So that's going to go. We're actually going to put up drywall here and kind of shoot in the corner. We're going to try to create a set. Yeah. We're going to basically create a set. It, obviously, it's going to take some time. It can't happen yeah. overnight. 
tables well maybe drywall drywall is probably a one that'll have to be done soon and then the desk now i don't have much construction experience and i don't think it's going to be an interesting project uh we we might want to film it we should film it i was just going to say we should film it and put up on the second channel up on the second channel just to show because i'm sure there will be like headache and triumph both oh absolutely so there's going to be some (laughs) it's definitely uh a do-it-yourself kind of project. So if you're interested in seeing that video, let us know. We will definitely put it on the second channel or we'll attempt to make a video about mm-hmm. it. And we'll probably start that. That's really up to you and whenever you want to start it. Whenever, I guess. We should um, we should model what we want to look like. Yeah. Which I can do. And then we'll figure how much it's going to cost. I was looking <laughs> Make at, sure we have the right tools. I was in Home Depot last night looking at prices. I think... Uh, uh, I think what was it? It's like thirty-seven dollars, I think, for a couple sheets of. Maybe it was ten, ten sheets of drywall. I think for thirty-seven. Maybe I wasn't, wasn't looking at the same, the right one. Okay. I mean that's. I got a, that's I got a whole bunch over there too. So. That's pretty reasonable. Yeah. So I'm not worried. I'm not worried about the price of things, but. Yeah. We need to figure out what materials we need, and obviously the tools. Yeah, I think we're. Okay. I think we'll be okay on the tools. Just. Using the tools and using the tools and, make, and learning, <laughs> turning what's in here into a physical thing. Yeah. So yeah, the goal is it'll seat eventually four, hide the mess, um, and then we'll everything will progress from there. The wall, this the background will turn kind of a corner, and uh, we'll have just like memorabilia and yeah, we'll have like shelves fun and stuff, stuff and like, like we'll be jerseys hanging and stuff. But that part's gonna take a little bit longer. Yeah. We're ta- probably talking, we're probably talking six months. From yeah. now until finished set, probably there'll maybe new additions each week or something. But uh, that's really that's really the goal right now is to get that desk made because this, I mean, no offense, this is old. This is a bit of an old desk, and you can't tell on camera, but it's each corner of the desk has a bucket under it yeah. because these new seats that we bought, we have which new are pro, we have new way, podcast seats, new podcast seats. They they go up and down and stuff. They're really comfortable. Um, this, these seats were really the first addition to the, yep. the new set. Um, and we have a third one over there for a guest. Um, but yeah, the table is, <laughs> it's pretty high in the list to get sorted. So we're basically just trying to freshen things up yep. now that you're back in Fredericton and just kind of like the next phase of post to post. If you, like, I don't you can't even really call it that, but basically just moving things forward. Um, yeah, yeah just a permanent spot that. Because I mean, it's a bit cumbersome trying to set all this stuff up every time and stuff. And yeah, the green screen is not great. It was fine for it. Just like you said, it limits what you can wear. Like you can't wear green stuff. Can't wear San Jose Sharks jersey because it makes it look blue. Can't wear Dallas Stars jersey. So yeah, it's frustrating. But uh, yeah, that'll happen. Hopefully soon. We can start on the table this week or next week or whenever. At least get it modeled and get it figure out what we actually want and agree on it and then we can go from there um i think for the podcast structure we're still talking about it but we're looking at it's continuing to do the game recaps like we do and then we look we're looking at having like a couple big topics we talk about so like we want to have like the relevant conversation to saturday night and we also want to have relevant information to what happened that week but we also want to have like a big topic that or like a topic or two or three that we talk about with us or maybe with a guest where that's basically kind of the focus of the podcast. So yeah, the recaps and the weekly news are kind of just a given like that will happen every time, but the kind of meat 
or the the big feature point of that podcast will be the discussions we choose to talk about. Yeah, and then that topic will come with like opinions. Like yeah. maybe we won't agree on it and we'll we'll discuss like, well, this is why it should happen and then you could say yeah, well, like this, this why it should like happen. this is a situation. Yeah. And here's a discussion pros and cons what people like what people don't like yeah because i mean i could sit here all day and read game recaps and scores and stats and whatever but i think the value of a legitimate conversation that's not scripted and just Mm -hmm. like just talking it out just talking out a topic i think for me that is like as a if i was a viewer that would be a very valuable Mm -hmm. point of a podcast for me because i wanted that's the stuff that i listen to when i'm listening to sports stuff i want to hear people debate or discuss the topic and give their ideas and stuff so i would like to provide that if i can and it's nice when you can hear like different sides of a debate too like even if you don't agree with them it's nice to hear like you know what some people think and it's just i don't know it's just a little bit different than just saying what happened so exactly i was also thinking now we haven't discussed this but um it would be cool to have the viewers and we kind of did this in the past but have the viewers be kind of be part of the podcast a little bit is if there's a way we could take questions like every week in some format whether that's on discord or mm-hmm. something and we could just answer just a couple of questions like this question came in from the drake yeah 2016 or whatever yeah uh just kind of answer just a couple of questions every week doesn't yep. have to be a long segment but yep. gives them a chance to to kind of contribute a little bit yeah a lot of the questions that we've got in the past have actually been really good. So, um, I'd like to do that again. Yeah. can figure out how to, how to do that some way, but. And if, if people have, um, suggestions or things they like on the podcast that maybe, um, we don't do enough of, or we do too much of, right. or stuff like that, like you can't really ask for Brent back. <laughs> um, that's not going to happen except for the odd time when he either comes to town or Neil goes back to BEI. Yeah. So I apologize for that. He may it, film the odd segment. Yeah. So, but things like structurally, like if you like it when certain things are done, let us know about that. Because like I said, we are kind of refreshing things right now just to try to keep going with it. So now's the time. If there's things you like, things you don't like, just let us know and we'll, you know, yeah. I won't say we'll do it, but we'll, we'll, we'll definitely consider everything. Like yeah, now's leave, the time. Leave your feedback, leave your yep. everything. We definitely want to hear from you guys. And on the second channel, which we won't release the name yet. Um, we have one in mind, but, uh, I don't remember what I said last week on the podcast, but I think we plan on doing tech reviews. You didn't say anything. Like so. if, if I get new speakers, maybe I'll make a video about the new speakers. If I got a new phone, maybe I'll make a video about the phone. I'm not saying it's going to be educational. I'm not saying it's going to be entertaining, but at least maybe it might help someone if they're thinking about getting a phone and they watch this video, maybe it'll help them. I don't know. Um, just different stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, want to do some baking, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you guys know, but Jason's actually a pretty good baker and a pretty good chef. It's really. not called Cook. Bake to Bake. Just no, it's not called Bake to Bake. The second channel is not Bake to Bake. It's not. <laughs> like well, I'll just say that right now because I know the comments will be like, Bake yeah. to Bake's coming back. It's not coming back. No. Um, but anyways, like, and that, these aren't joke videos. These are real videos. Like, you make some awesome stuff. So I think it'd be cool to to share that. Just super quick videos. Like, not talking 30-minute baking no. videos. I'm talking five to eight-minute Mm-hmm. instructional videos and they're not going to take away from the main channel no it's important to say that yep. um it's basically just um the way i would consider like we're still trying to nail down how it's going to be but it's going to be just like a different side of you or us or whatever um it's going to be like behind the scenes kind of things like personal stuff uh informational stuff like you said just just different than 
hockey. Yeah, just just other than hockey. So um, there'll be stuff on there that you'll like. There'll be some stuff that doesn't interest you. Yep. It's not designed to um, be everything for everyone all the time. It's kind of just different stuff. Like it's it's designed to bring in people that may be interested in just one video, or it could be just for people who are fans of the channel and for you to just see all the different stuff that you're interested in or yeah. stuff you're doing. It's really just an extra channel. It's everything that doesn't fit on the main channel that I kind of want to talk about. That's right. I want to do so. Yeah. Um, it's just for those that are interested. Yeah. It's just something else to check out if. Exactly. That interests them. So, um, I have a couple of ideas that are food related about us trying food, but I'm not sure if I want to do those on that channel or mm -hmm. Canadians try stuff because that kind of still exists. But it would be interesting to do it on the second channel because of the way that I want to do it. But anyways, um, yeah, leave your feedback on the for the main channel for the uh, second channel. I'll still be v doing videos throughout the week, and I finally have internet now, so I can upload. <laughs> from my place and I'm going to be filming individual videos at my place as well. I have some uh, jerseys to unbox and I want to start a series called five things I like about, and then insert team. Like, so five things I like about the Boston Bruins, five things I like about the Tampa Bay lightning. These are going to be quick videos I'm talking like five minute videos, just quick, easy, hopefully fun to watch five minute videos that, uh, um, yeah. There was we had a conversation last week about things you wanted to start including in videos. Do you want to mention that or do you want that to be a surprise? Things that what do you mean? Things you want to start including in videos that you weren't doing before. Like what? I don't want to say it in case you uh things that's gonna start including in yeah. videos. Oh, yeah, actually, because I was thinking about doing that for the podcast in a but I mean it doesn't really make sense because a lot of people listen to the podcast, but the channel's not monetized, so it's there's no, like, if I show a clip of Claude Giroux taking a slap shot in a, in a shootout, I can't monetize that video. But I can't monetize any That's video right. anyway on this channel, so what's stopping me from showing that clip? How many times have we had people in the comments say, show the clip? Yeah. So I may as well just start showing the clip. It doesn't really affect me anyway. That's right. The video might get monetized, but not for me. The NHL will get that That's profit. Right. Unfortunately, you have to watch an ad, but at least... If we talk about something, that can actually show what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I might start doing that. Let so, me know your thoughts. Yeah. So I think that's interesting. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, that kind of wraps it up unless you have We're good. anything else. All right. Thanks for joining me, Jason. I really appreciate it. Yep. Uh, next week, you will see him as the Post to Post Ooh. podcast. I don't, know, I don't know if the people want that, but... You're the, you're the original host. You're the OG host. <laughs> How many... Did I host before you moved or we took off? Was Look at it this. Like Do you know who creates papers like this that are really well organized <laughs> with all the information? A host. Does yeah. Neil do this? No. Uh, Jason's an awesome host. When this podcast first came out, he had things laminated. It was it was awesome. He had all the coaches and the GMs a list laminated, so we just had the information there. That is indicative of a host. <laughs> it so. was It was designed to be something easy for you to do that you didn't have to put a lot of work into because you were already putting all the work into the other things. Yeah. It's like, hey, let's do a podcast. You just come to my house. We'll <laughs> film it downstairs. You just got to show up and talk. Mm. And that was like that for what, six, eight episodes? And then you and then moved, moved and then all of a sudden <laughs> he's got all that other work to prepare for. So Yeah, so if you would be the host, that would be awesome. So next week you might see Jason as the host. Um, 
Yeah, I have nothing else to report. We're good. Well, all right. Thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. Hope you guys are watching lots of hockey. Hope you had a good week. And uh, hope you got a chance to see any, uh, one of the two Global Series games because it's pretty cool to see the games in those arenas over there and those fans and that whole atmosphere. So um, take care, guys, and we'll catch you next week. Adios.